to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good morning, listener, and welcome to The Big Red Couch, episode 110. I'm Craig, and seated right next to me has Ben. Hey, we're actually doing an in-the-same-room episode for the first time since... We, I don't have a clue. 2014? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's been a while. Yeah. Towards the end of 2014, I think. Woo. Prior to episode 50, I suspect. Oh, easily prior to episode 60. Yeah. Probably, maybe in the 30s. Hui, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, quite a while ago. So, explain yourself. What are you doing in my living room? <laughs> well, setting aside the fact that I'm naked and covered in Vaseline for the moment. <laughs> yeah, get that image out of your head. You're welcome, listener. Also, I'm kind of jet-lagged, so... <laughs> You've been here like a week. I guess... It's a long way. Yeah, it is a long way. Come, that's fair, that's fair. So yes, I, I am on holiday in New Zealand for a couple of weeks. Then I'm going to Gen Con on the way back to the United Kingdom. In the hope that it is still united by the time I get back there. Because... Yeah, shit's getting weird all over. Yeah, let's start a mate. The rash assumptions about the um, sovereign state of any countries for them at the moment. Yeah, it's possible that Scotland has just built a wall and not told anybody. Uh, this precedent. Yeah, I. At, at this point, I genuinely don't know. So yes, I'm here for a couple of weeks. I I have been in in the country for almost a week at this point. Mm-hmm. Twenty four hours in the air is about as much fun as it sounds. Yep. Singapore Airport is quite nice. Cool. And um, they seem to be digging up most of Auckland for roadworks. Technically train works. Huh. The Auckland Transport Authority, whatever the hell they call themselves, have probably always known that having your main terminus only have trains approach from one direction. And only two tracks for five or six platforms. Yep. Is a terrible idea. And they are attempting to um, not square the circle, but circle the circle crescent. the wagons, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually have a station where you can have the train come in and not have to reverse out again. I mean, trains are fine at doing that, but it means that that part of the track can only be used for a train at a time. <laughs> yeah. So, to be fair, there are a lot of stations I can think of that do that, but they're not usually commuter rail stations in the centre of the city. Yes. The nexus of the transport network. Yeah. I mean... Well, it's not a nexus. It can't be. It's where most it, of the people it's a, it's a dead end of a transport network. Yeah. It's it's a thing. Auckland is a rare and special place. No, no. I think I think, I think a lot of cities have fucked up um, transport networks in some way. Just that Auckland is fucked up in so special, special way. Yeah. There is the general process that... They will spend a really long time trying to come up with a solution and eventually come up with the cheapest possible solution that is already at capacity by the time it's implemented. Yes. Tends to be the way it goes. They will argue about paying for the solution for the problem 20 years ago. Pretty much. At least by the time it gets implemented, certainly two decades out of date. So, hooray! Transport Woes, the podcast. Yes, Um, yeah. Didn't we tell you we've moved away from that whole role-playing thing? Because really, who does that anymore? (laughs) And we're instead going to crap on about the transport woes of a city that, in all likelihood, very few of you 
have or will ever visit. Yeah. Next up, Tom Renui. <laughs> so, what are we actually talking about today? What we are actually talking about is a prompt that comes to us from the fertile brain of Taz and reads, Good news, I have solved the Fermi Paradox. Bad news, I have solved the Fermi Paradox. And we're going to need some paradox context there. All right. Briefly put, Fermi Paradox is where the hell is everybody? Hmm. Or why isn't there any evidence of anybody ever having been anywhere? Indeed, yes. We can find no evidence of aliens. Why is that? We have logged into a server with no, with no other players, apparently. And it's suddenly going, hello, hello. That does make the, the move the cart missions in Team Fortress 2 really weird and kind of unsatisfying. Yes, I would imagine so. <laughs> People are still playing that game. I'm impressed. People are still making YouTube channels about playing that game. It's a fun game. Yeah. And with a really hypnotically weird community who roam around maps giving each other sandwiches and so forth. And there's the hat thing. Yeah, the hat thing. Yeah. Frightening. All right. Also, for for the benefit of the listener, Ben's cat is sitting directly in front of a heater, staring pointedly at it. I don't actually know whether, he, whether the heater is on, and so she is warming herself, or whether she is indicating in the subtlest possible way that she wants the heater to be on. She's like the heater is currently on. Right. She is... However, has not started to press her face into the elements at I the stage. I did notice that her whiskers were quite short on one side, but I thought I might be imagining it. Yeah. So yes, Fermi Paradox. I have an idea and a comedy idea caused by a recent media property. Okay. Or by the trailer for the more recent media property. Uh, how about you? I've got something of an idea. It's pretty... Um, I'm not sure how you turn it into a game, but I suppose that's the point. Hmm. So, how should we do this? I, I could do the comedy one first, maybe? Uh, or do you let, let's, try do the, let's, let's try and start serious and then degenerate into lunacy. Chance is a fine thing. <laughs> I, I think we can nail the de- degenerating into lunacy. It's the starting serious that I frankly have my doubts about. Okay. Okay. All right. So, as a bit of a, sort of a backup to this one, there are, there are various suggested solutions to the, the Fermi Paradox. Uh, various hypotheses as to why this thing might be there. Also, somebody who has objections to the entire structure of the paradox on the basis of formal logic, from what little I was able to understand. Inappropriate use of propositional logic. I did logic in university, and I don't even remember what that is anymore. Yes, I think I did for like the first year logic, and understood almost nothing until I got to Corellian logic, which made some sort of sense. Woo. Yeah. I did logic gates. Mm. Aren't really anything to do with your puny earth logic. So, yeah. Anyway, so there, there are these various hypotheses. I, I flicked through them, but it sort of occurred to me while, while looking at these that I mean, this is a gaming podcast. We don't actually want to come up with a solution and drawback to the Fermi paradox. We want to come up with something that then turns into a game. Hmm. So there's a bunch of them like, oh, there are no aliens. Or cultures have a tendency to destroy themselves, or a lot of them, or they're just too far away. Well, okay, it solves the Fermi paradox, but it's actually really, really boring. Hmm. It explains what's going on, but in a non-awesome way. Pretty much, yeah. And we want we want an awesome solution. And so what I came up with 
one or one a bit of the solutions is either the the zoo hypothesis that the reason we're not detecting aliens is that they are deliberately leaving us alone and the planetarium hypothesis in that there is actually a bunch of stuff out there and for whatever reason the the hyper advanced aliens are stopping us from seeing it so that we develop on our own or whatever whatever that's worth yeah whatever that's worth and yeah there's stuff you can work with there and so the the idea kind of branches at this point but serious idea part one is the simulation idea hmm. that what we're seeing in the universe all, yeah, all of this really is a simulation so good news we've solved the fermi paradox the solution is everything we're seeing isn't real all of us are a simulation that's also the bad news <laughs> yes. all of us are a simulation somebody has convincingly faked the most boring universe ever yeah it's all very consistent it's all very coherent we can make conjectures and do experiments on what we're seeing and it all makes sense but it's complete hogwash yeah and we've been able to figure it out from the inside of the simulation that we're in a simulation where i think the fun of the game turns in there is that well once you know you're in a simulation if the matrix has taught us anything and i'm not sure whether those second film the existence of the second film really suggests that it has taught us anything because we should have learned but if we've learned anything from the matrix once you know that you're in a simulation you can start to mess around with it a little bit hmm. and so i quite like the idea of okay we're in a simulated environment what if we can access the equipment that is running this simulation what if we can get to the simulation next door hello cat yeah what if we can go and talk to those guys in that other simulation and what if we can start to figure out who the hell did this in the first place? Hmm. You, know, you may not be able to... I mean, depending on how you wanted to do the game and the technology uh, available, you could have the fun thing of, well, okay, these guys are running this huge simulation of, uni of this universe and maybe other universes, but it turns out they also have nanofabricators and we've figured out how to access those. So we can get to the outside world by just damn well building ourselves some bodies. Hmm. Alternatively, if, if that's not the way it works, well, you can still probably take a look at the outside world and you can start to manipulate it from inside, you know, inside your sim or inside the spaces, the framework between the simulations, as it were. Yes, you get onto the hypervisor and then start doing crazy stuff. Pretty much, yeah. You, 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 you break out of your container hmm. and, um, and, and start to muck around. I'm not sure where exactly the game ends there. I mean, whether it's just a... And now we've started to talk to the aliens who are running the simulation and find out why. Possibly it's a... We are not talking to the aliens behind the simulation because we just basically want to kick the shit out of them. It could go either way. Hmm. I anticipate having the players do the... Either take the steps or take the actions that prove the thing as a simulation and having that as the big reveal. Yep. Or... Taking the first steps to, to, you know, taking the fight to the people running the sim would be the, the appropriate place to be. Mm. Because yeah, that's, a, that's where we, you actually get the conflict and the, the tension about um, finding out what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is an entire Doctor Who episode that is more or less wrapped around a test for, are you in a simulation? Mm. Quite a good episode. So... Yeah, like I say, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit hazy on... Yeah, I'm assuming taking the fight to the aliens would be the way to go. 
cat pick a lap and stick with it honestly <laughs> um, but depending on the vibe of game you could go with you, know, you could potentially find yes this is a simulation and the people who built it just aren't there anymore true well, that, that kind of makes the, the it kind of repeats the Fermi paradox a little bit yeah <laughs> um, aha we have solved the riddle of why there is no one out there there's no one out there oh damn <laughs> yep. Then again, you you maybe find yourself in the situation of okay, so there are all these other black boxes running other universe sims. Let's let's break those guys out as well. Yeah, to but, a degree, that's just multiverse theory with mm. a computer science. Yeah, it's a computer science approach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, containerization approach to multiverse theory. Yeah, yeah. And I mean the the other version of it, sort of the the the, the version two is you again go with the. The simulation planetarium thing, except in this case, it's yeah somebody's following following the Voyager probe, and then the Voyager probe collides with a physical object, and yeah, you've actually got a shell onto which the, uh, which is displaying the stars. You can go out there, you can climb outside our observable observable universe and find whatever's there, which is very much just a monkeys escaping from the zoo scenario. Yes, but potentially quite fun. It was done reasonably amusingly in Invader Zim in the Planet Jackers episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, it was done in a, vague, in a vaguely incompetent and shitty way where the um, the flat screen, one of the flat screen panels goes out in the sky and Zim is forced to protect Earth from the Planet Jackers who just want to drop it into their dying star so he can destroy Earth uh, later. Yes. And he probably does his most heroic and effective actions in that episode where he is working to save the planet he wants to destroy cat mm. you are shedding a lot so that that is my serious idea that is okay it would probably come down to whether you wanted to do this as a one shot as a short campaign as a long campaign hmm it's even as a campaign I, I would try and figure out what you're trying to explore because cool there are aliens out there they're removed by a, by one degree of reality, mm. because it's always the argument that you know if something is a simulation, if if the universe as is is a simulation, how is it not valid in any way if it is this complicated, compl- complicated and complex, yeah. and is developed over over you know over a natural period of time? The fact that you can say erase it by turning the 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 device that maintains it off. But how is it any different to any other reality? Yeah. I think if I was doing an extended campaign, I would want to focus on on community building. That the goal of the game is to make contact with the other guys in the other simulations, in the other on the other clusters, and build something bigger. Hmm. Whether that's just a well, look, if we, we just put in a couple of symbolic links and pretty much we can put your planet next to ours. Now, under the norm, you know, under, under you know, regular physics, that's going to be a problem. But if we just tweak a few numbers here, it should be fine. I'm wondering if the um, maybe the, the, the discover the outcome is that the universe simulating experiment is running low on funding. So you have to collaborate with the people running the experiment to do something exciting and scientifically noteworthy so they will continue to get uh, the funding for your universe to be operated. Nice. Like it. Because that's the thing. If you're, if you're the, you, the existence of your reality is dependent on an external force, 
No, it's external agency. It's your in your best interest to make sure that that external agency continues to get grant money. Yeah. Which would be a bit weird, but... <clears throat> Shades of the book Red Shirts. Hmm. Now that I think of it. Shades of the movie The Thirteenth Floor. Hmm. And also the um, Rick and Morty Microverse episode. Where I don't think I've seen that one, but... The battery in Rick's sort of spacecraft flivver goes it r- runs low which he says that's you know he says that's impossible why well because there's a universe in there i'd convinced them to to jump on these pads for the good of for the for good of their species which is actually just running my car battery <laughs> what a dick what a dick that's okay they've also done the same thing so <laughs> ah so yes it's the uh, recursion of dickishness principle it's dickish behavior all the way down apparently all right yeah i mean it's kind of a setting it's something to make it thematically more thematically more meaningful that you have this like not just your reality but a spread of realities normally in in at least one setting i've played extensively in the idea that your reality is basically a nexus of dimensional portals where you can go off and kick the shit out of things and steal their their magic items is kind of like it allows allows you know the the people telling the stories there to use any setting ever, and just mm. make a kleptoverse. Yeah, kleptoverse where anything is possible because you could you know travel from your fantasy universe to modern day or the future, depending on what or just another fantasy iteration, depending on what you want to do. The I I mean the idea of of the revelation that you are in a simulation versus. What are you doing about being in a simulation? It's kind of a tricky one. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of there being some some ability to communicate with, as it were, whatever's running the simulation. And the idea that they're basically benevolent because maybe they're kind of understand. It's like, okay, we 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 knocked this machine together, turned it on, and. With the exception of the fact that we built the machine from scratch, we can't tell the difference between it being a doorway into another reality and it containing that reality. Mm. And fundamentally, if you turn it off, nothing changes from that your your end. Yes, but from the point of view of that other reality, yeah, it could be could be bad. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. Right? Cause I'd like to think of a way that you know the having access to a higher plane of reality makes a difference, really. Mm. Oh, I think if you were doing it, yeah, if I was doing it as a one-shot, then it would be, good news, we've figured out that we're in a simulation, bad news, we're in a simulation, and from what we can tell, the fact that I've figured out that we're in a simulation has started to trigger cleanup protocols. We've got a little bit of time, because Mm. the, the simulation... You know, our time scale is running vastly quicker than the outside world's, but it does mean that at some point, somebody's going to look at the logs, realize, oh shit, Simulation 47J has figured it out. Fine, let's do a reset. Right. So the game would be either stopping that from happening, so to a certain extent, a an expedition to go outside of the universe to hack the server logs. 
Right. Which has a pleasing sort that of fun to interesting. it. Or rebind your um, simulation to a different address and have someone else's reality erased if you're a total ass about it. Wow. <laughs> it's like, ooh, was it us? <laughs> yeah. So you could you could have some fun, you could do some fun uh, some fun computer science y bullshit of okay, let's set up a simulation of our own simulation, put it at that address, mm. and we'll just quietly link in to these guys next door. Okay. That's um, yeah. So that that I think would be my one shot approach. Hmm. The for an extended game, I think I would go with the we're a, we're a simulation, we're part of a bigger simulation. We need to make sure that we keep getting grant money. Hmm. Because then you can have a lot you can potentially have a lot of fun and depending on how you want the game to go, you can start to have you know, the the initial set of player characters are all from Earth universe. And then over time, well, let's bring in some of the guys from the Glorix universe next door, and eventually some people from the lab running the simulation as player characters, all kind of working together to, okay, so what can we do that will guarantee us funding? No, we can't cross a cow with an octopus. That got us a visit from the ethics committee last time. <laughs> this kind of thing. A simulated would... cow with a simulated octopus. Yeah, I think that would be the long-term game. I'm not sure what the medium-term one would be. Mm. Maybe the medium-term one would just be the, well, we're aware of this outside world. We can't 100% do too much about it, but there are all these other universes around. Maybe they know something. Yeah, let's let's go meet the neighbours. Mm. So you could basically do the exploration, the exploration community building kind of kind of game, which makes me sus- there's probably a system out there that can be repurposed. Flat pack. Hmm. I could never figure out how to run as a system, but it did have a lot of stuff to do with building a community, finding cool shit, and getting that cool shit to go back to to home base, mm. kind of thing. But I suspect there's others out there that might do that as well. I'd be surprised if there isn't something apocalypse worldy, if only because there's an apocalypse world hack for absolutely everything at this point. Yeah, not everything, mm. not yet. I mean, I am, I'm, as I understand it, uh, people are still waiting for somebody to suggest in all seriousness that they've done this magnificent hack of Dungeon World that's all about um, creating a Mad Max sort of environment, at which point the game will have become, come full circle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's hacks are, more, are that much more famous than the original system. Pretty with, much, with yeah. Background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I can... Yeah, I think I can see that. It's kind of a tricky one because you got to, it, it's actually one where you have to careful not to invalidate the stakes of the game, which is kind of hilarious because it's about a simulation itself. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit weird. And I do like the idea of a game where maybe you've got people, and this is just an idea that occurred now, but you know the idea that you've managed to figure out how to access some external equipment, you've figured out you're in this supercomputer in a lab. You figured out there are other supercomputers. They're not networked together, mm. but you can access like the Roomba, and so you've got sort of okay. So we can access some basic lab equipment. Can we manage a way to get a network cable connected between the two servers without anybody noticing? So you've basically got the the non-existent in physical reality creatures from one simulation. Attempting to do the yeah the equivalent of an octopus climbing out of its tank and climbing into the fish tank next door without anybody in the lab noticing. Hmm. 
Yeah, sort of, the Roomba's doing a few weird things. Why is it dragging a network cable? Wait a minute. Yes, that would definitely be a, a sign that something was up. Yeah, so that, that's the more comedy game version of it, but could yeah. be fun. Or just issuing increasingly weird IT support requests to see what you can get away with. To see if you can get a technician from support to come in and plug in a couple of uh, the equivalent of Bluetooth dongles into the servers and just assume, well, you know, the, the service request says we should do it, so we should totally do it. Right. Um, this kind of thing. That one is probably going to be the we're playing this for laughs option. I don't know if wrestling with, like, ITIL change control processes can be I'd described as playing for laughs for anything, but fair enough. Granted, this admittedly, that, that may have been a trigger, uh, <laughs> possibly should have been a trigger warning for anybody in the IT space. Uh, yes. I I am only IT adjacent, so... <laughs> You're a user, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. Discovered my first um, first breaking upgrade the other day, so that was quite interesting. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Do we fix this? What will it take? Oh, two days of work, and then we'll have to undo it again. Nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> it was like, sorry, we snapshotted that baby, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had an idea that's pretty silly. Okay. But it does involve the universe not being a simulation. Bored now. <laughs> the, 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 the reason that humans have noticed that the like local space, you know, observable wavelengths of electromagnetic radiation and so forth, are very samey and seem quite, you know, nothing remarkable is happening, is because... Our, our, our region of the universe has a very strong body corporate. <laughs> Everybody has to have, like, the same emission spectra. Everything has to be painted the same colour. You know, no gamma ray bursts after a certain time. Everything is supposed to be very harmonious and organised, and they've been sticking to this regime, and humanity's just looking at it going, okay, I guess that's what the main sequence stars look like. There aren't any made entirely of propane and propane accessories. <laughs> there aren't... <laughs> They don't, they don't, the, the, you know, star, star colours don't drift into pink and mauve. They don't flash on and off. But they're actually... There are no advertising messages coded into the photosphere <laughs> of the star right. saying, buy Coke. Yeah. This is a very, this is a long-standing, extremely stuffy, like, Kardashev 2 and 3 civilizations just being very boring. I don't know if that's better or worse than the idea that the universe is a simulation. I mean, my immediate thought, and I feel bad for thinking this, but not bad enough to not say it out loud, so, you know, not, not all that bad. My immediate thought was, okay, does that mean you're going to start to get polite and then let, less polite and then actually threatening letters from the Homeowners Association telling you that you really need to sign up effectively so that they can make sure that you don't start putting advertising material on your star mm. or setting off gamma ray bursts or generally lowering the tone of the galaxy. Yes. Oh my god. So you the first encounter with aliens is going to be that dick <laughs> from the HOA who wants to ban cats. Yeah, maybe that's that that humans have produced you know contra they've contravened the the grey goo restriction or you know, have got too many strangelets in one place. Or... Wow. 
maybe there's really good reasons. Maybe mm. they've decided, you know, this is oh, this is a, this is a heritage local stars local it's um, a heritage cl- galaxy a heritage galaxy it's a local cluster of, of galaxies which have been kept in the same state that they were they, that they formed in and it's you know eventually you know realized that you managed to get around the sort of this 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 kind of sight screen this is this nebula which is like basically strobing on and off in the distance <laughs> yes the unst nebula, nebula as it were <laughs> wow and it just earth just has to be stuck in the most button-down, suburban, tedious fucking mess. So you are, yeah. yeah you, your, your entire, the entire galaxy is for Aucklanders, the Howick Colonial Village, and/or Motat for other people, Connor Prairie, or various other historical. Oh, not, not, not even that. Not even. It's not specifically primitive, but something that is like, like a, a house like in Mountain that's like a row of um, bungalows or something. Ah, uh, so it's the in keeping with the uh, the village's rustic aesthetic mm, mm. for the greater good. The greater good. Yes, except for m- maybe slightly less murderous. But you know, eventually, if you start acting up, from everything I've heard about HOAs, murder, while it's not on the cards, mm. is sometimes the preferred option. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the humane response. I spent some time a while ago reading Reddit threads about HOAs. And yeah, in general, it was just how nature says stay away in a lot of cases, right. presumably because people with good ones never actually bothered cropping up. And I think we can say in this setting, this is not going to be one of the good ones where it's a, well, in keeping with the galaxy's rustic aesthetic, but you know, we're not hard asses about it. These are going to be the hard asses about it, aren't they? I'm not sure if it's like a, a, a I assume it's a more widespread cultural thing, but Body politics are generally for buildings and mm. um, things. And uh, well, I mean, an HOA is pretty much a body corporate <laughs> for, for a community. So, mm. same sort of thing, but the bad ones will be criticising you when your lawn is too long. Yep. Or if you planted the wrong sort of shrub. Yes, or so your porch, porch light is not working or is too bright. Or is yeah. the porch is painted the wrong yeah. colour. And in the absolute worst case, they're summoning up a garbage demon using ancient Tibetan rituals. But I that's s- a worst case scenario. <laughs> I did actually see that episode of the X Files. Yeah, yeah. The uh, first time I heard the word tulpa. Turns out, not just a town. That's Tupelo. I was thinking twenty four hours from Tulsa, but uh, Tulsa. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't true. really think that joke landed. No, uh, you're, you're. It might have landed twenty four hours away from Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't so see you- it right now, uh, folks. But I've got this really awful grin on my face, and Ben is not looking at me. So. Pretty much business as usual, to be honest. Yes, yes, indeed. And now I have 24 hours from Tulpa stuck in my head. <laughs> Not sure about the rest of the lyrics, but goddamn, that chorus is catchy. <laughs> so anyway, so we're in a really boring neighbourhood, yep. heritage neighbourhood. Just crested the, the level of technology to make ourselves a nuisance or an eyesore. And so the residents of the body corporate... And the Heritage Protection Society have turned up to make sure that we don't construct a Dyson Sphere or... At least one not that colour. Yeah, unsightly <laughs> space habitat. Yes. Um, to be fair, that is literally David Brin's Uplift series meets Hitchhiker's Guide. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly satirised galactic sponsor races and so forth. Yeah. But yeah, making it a... a, a 
it's lightly a, a lightly satirized version of um, the Uplift Wars, where it's, it's, it's across the Uplift Wars with bulldogs. Yeah, <laughs> like scrappy underdog humans can't do it, can't do the right thing the first time, any time, but they won't give up. And you know, the nice. Yeah. Would would you go to the extent of well? Now you've gotten up in the in the, the levels a bit, so you get access to the municipal transport system. Mm. So humans can get to practically anywhere. I mean, would you start to hit the sense of I don't know these humans? They're moving in. They've got their own cultures, their own way of doing mm. things. They don't want to integrate and learn the local languages. Yeah, they they literally do not possess enough mouths to speak the local languages. <laughs> That's not the point! <laughs> that could be topical. Yeah. <laughs> it, it depends. Is that is that... I mean, you can get some humour out of it, but it's maybe a little bit more biting than you necessarily want to go with. I'm just amused by the idea of these things with, like, civilization with galaxy-spanning powers who are using them to make everything look exactly the fucking same as they should be. Yeah. Mm. And maybe even, like, the... Maybe the equivalent of a local minibus pass is the, is the where humans start to go, wow, this is technology like we can't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and start using it for um, shenanigans. Horrifying purpose. Yeah. The, the, the idea that humanity arriving, you know, as a, as a, arriving as a acknowledged species in our part of the, of the galaxy is equivalent to having animal house dropped into a quiet village <laughs> i love this idea just I, I i'm loving it more and more unfortunately i have an idea for what the system could be mm. and i say unfortunately because that system is tfos mm. yeah. just because i mean tfos is quite good for dealing with a, a chunk of the game is about disapproving parents Yes, but they're not <laughs> your parents specifically. They? No, but they still have the ability to ground you by taking away your multiverse pass. True. And they can still be very disapproving of everything. Yeah, T-Force isn't maybe the best idea, but it's the one that came to mind, which is why I apologised in advance. True. The idea that, you know, but the idea that the humans are up to shenanigans. Hmm. And, you know, okay, it's like, okay, yes, so fill out the form. First name, last name, hive mind. What do you mean you don't have hive mind? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your your hive mind link is broken. Yeah, there's interference. You, you don't have one. You're not a collective. In- well, it's just inefficient. <laughs> Who's in charge then? <laughs> yes. Depending on how good the municipal transport system is and how cheap it is and how prevalent it is, because I kind of like the idea that it, it's not a case of, okay, so we will we will issue you with shuttles. It's just a case of, okay... Your entire race simultaneously and instantaneously gets access to the municipal, the galactic municipal bus service, which is really, really convenient. And so you've got bunches of idiot bros on stag dudes doing the, hey, let's go look at the, the black hole in the center of the universe for the stag dude. It'll be awesome. Yeah. And the idea that all of the, all of these cultures are very rigid, stratified, there's no dissent everything is, is, is very formalized it doesn't break this and you let like rampaging human hooligans yeah. loose on them and they're just not prepared for what happens <laughs> yeah hey welcome to spring break Arcturus mm-hmm. on the other hand it does mean that you can look very closely at uh, Tabby's star 
Hmm? Tabby's star or Boyajian star, a F-type main sequence star located in the constellation Cygnus, approximately 450 parsecs from Earth, has unusual light fluctuations, oh, yes, including yes. up to a 22% dimming in brightness. The alien megastructures. The alien megastructure, yeah. The Tabby star, Boyajian star, WTF star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, that, that was that was the kind of thing I was thinking of. Is like, you know, there 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 are some th- hints that things aren't totally uniform, mm. but and stuff like that, stuff little, little things like that. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Or the 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 wow signal that got received at one point. Somebody had a really big party. That yeah. They shouldn't have. Noise control came in and shut it down. Yeah. That's what it sounds like when, at a galactic level, somebody yanks the uh, wires out of the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not really sure what's happening at Tabby Star. I'm assuming it's the equivalent of building a really really ugly veranda or at least it's 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 a construction project that's taking way too long it hasn't been properly screened ah yeah. and so it's oh so it's that guy who's putting in a new something or other and there's just construction equipment everywhere and you can't park and yeah, somebody backed a digger into your car yeah and there's drilling in the and, and sawing in the middle of the night and yeah shit like that. okay so it's yeah. that guy yeah it's that guy I, I want to play this game. I'm, sorry. I, I'm not sure what the system is yet, but... Um... Um, I'm not totally sure what the point is. At least it's just the, the... Another one of those, I think it was like my... The suggestion before the boy being... Uh, the boy was the... Um, oh, the spouse of The spouse of justice. justice, yeah. The idea of the big, big putting someone into a weird world where justice was a, was a, was a deity and, mm. uh, and so forth. But the idea of, of getting people to execute on a relatively simple task but the universe there are just not making any sense right now and the idea of like, so paranoia a little bit yes a little less murderous pa- paranoia's other outstanding feature which i don't think i ever fully appreciated is that it gamified that impulse to do away with the other players in the most horrible way possible and formalized it mm. which you know it's actually pretty it accomplished a very self-aware accomplishment for that era of role-playing games I I did find it to be quite a useful litmus test for people who I would enjoy playing games with. That essentially, if somebody spent more than about 10 minutes trying to persuade me that the most awesome thing about Paranoia is that you get to kill the other player characters and they're not allowed to hold grudges about it. <laughs> if they spend more than 10 minutes doing that, I found I really didn't enjoy playing other games with them either because they tended to be really whiny and sulky. <laughs> but that may just be me and them. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not sure you can get any general rules from it, but at the, at the very least it was indicative of, oh, this is going to be joyous. True. Um, but yes, it is, does, does match paranoia as you are a strange setting and no one is telling you the rules. Oh, like that bloody card game. Mao? There's some horrifying card game that was very popular in the, the university role-playing club in the... Um, when I was a student <laughs> that I mean the, the biggest the, the, the feature of it times. appeared to be that yeah. nobody would tell you the rules and you had to figure them out in play and so you were going to lose a lot and not have any idea what was going on I could never see the point in playing that game but other people loved it and desperately tried to get other people to play it I didn't get it they... it's, a, it's a certain kind of mentality I think yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the point, the point of playing that setting that you've set up is, it's a bit of a fun game. It'd be like a, 
Tales of the Floating Vagabond sort of game. As you say, it's the you're trying to accomplish a fairly simple thing and the bureaucracy and idiocy is yeah. and getting around them is what's making it fun. Oh, and yes, and you're a fish out of water. Yeah. And the, the, nothing, nothing is set up for you. Reminds me a bit of Jupiter Ascending. Yeah? The movie. Okay. I, I heard that was, like, cray-cray. Um, I, I didn't mind it. Mm. I know people dissed the crap out of it at times. It, Does it have something to do with bees? There were bees. There were bees, um, right. right. Okay, yeah. There were bees. Yeah. There was, I think, Channing Tatum, Tatuming it up. Okay. It was possibly Myla Kunis, I'm hazy. Sean Bean was in it, and I think made it to the end of the film, which is yeah, got to be worth seeing just for that alone. <laughs> um, it was it was quite a fun film. It was very pretty, and it was very much fish out of water. Uh, person very much not understanding what's going on, but trying to accomplish stuff. And, you know, a certain element of you don't know who to trust. Right. Hmm. Yeah, so that was... You're never... In, yeah, for, for that film, the protagonist is never entirely... Sh- can never be entirely sure that they're being steered right. Hmm. So, yeah, that's just what that brought that one to mind. But, yeah, I'd... I'd like I said, I would play on that. I'd, finding would- the system... Hmm. Um, there'd be a lot of work, I think, for coming up with a satisfactory like elements for setting, unless you, again, turn it over to the players to do stuff. Maybe yeah. it's one of those things where you, if you you succeed, you get to um, narrate parts of the the fiction because mm. you're so, yeah, so maybe Apocalypse World is is an appropriate thing there. Though, make it yeah, you maybe yes maybe the 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 consequences aren't so much direct and personal because it's not that sort of universe but maybe you are sadly ambassadors for your entire species oh god to a bunch of fuddy duddy aliens who may be working not on well that particular organic being was impolite it was like they they are reclassifying your entire species yeah and they are a you know semi-immortal thing which is its thoughts are linked to all other members of its species the possibility when whatever you do changes the a like the cosmic perception of humanity the yeah so you're you're dealing with an entire galaxy or galax, galactic cluster full of curtain twitching busybodies who yep. will judge you forever based on the fact that you didn't put your um bin properly lined up with everybody else's and you had brightly coloured underwear hanging on the clothesline. Yeah. And that will be... That, that is, that's going to... That scarlet letter will be on you forever, as far as they can see. And that's that's something that's going to be there every time somebody looks up. What are you... You're a human? All right, let's check the... Re- oh. Oh, these guys. Oh. Almost possibly um, falls out the same way that a semi-board line, uh, board game like Credo does. Yep. Credo. Credo was the one where you assemble your version of the Nicene Creed from the you know the early the origins of was it three hundred AD or so where you were like assemble the 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 your version of the New Testament. Wow. Um, and you got you've got to get your um <coughs> your representatives of the church and your bishops together and vote to say that like this the. The God is what God is one and indivisible, or God is three, or the Son is God, or <laughs> and mm. you, you come up with your own uh, uh, your your own version of the the Nicene Creed. 
and then repeat it in evangelical tones at the end. And you end up with, I think it's a bit of a commentary on, how did we get here? Oh. Yeah, this is how we got here. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Maybe it would end up like something like this. It's like, how are humans at the end? How in in the great audit of the of the cosmos? How are humans perceived? Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> that's not good. Huh? Interesting. That's that. Yeah, that's that's quite a fun end cap to the game that mm. you've got. Here's a specific complex, but not ludicrously complex thing to do, and then at the end of it, you just look at, and here's everything that happened along the way that you weren't a hundred percent aware of. This is how humans yep. are perceived. You you. Maybe it is. Maybe it's part of the currency or part of the thing. You get certain traits or attributes, and you have to you have to use them to accomplish things or to trigger things to, as you go forward. But it means that certain things get formalized. They go into the permanent record. Mm. Turns out there really is a permanent record, and it's a five-eyed alien that's keeping it. Yes. Who knew? And the um. Yes. So he was like, okay. So that wasn't. The, the best choice to put uh, to to have to pay, to to have to forfeit obnoxious and weeaboo. <laughs> I've never been a hundred percent what weeaboo means, other than it's very rarely used compliment in a complimentary manner. It came from a web comic. <laughs> okay, it dates back to um, two thousand and five. It was originally Weaponese. And was supposed to mean and and and, and represent anyone who, not of Japanese extraction, who was insisting that all Japanese art, culture, history, and so forth was the best thing ever. That that is the the, the general context that I've seen it in. Yeah, yeah. and it's definitely it has definitely gone to people who are way too enthusiastic about anime. Hmm. It softened slightly since, but the fact it got transformed into weeaboo because one of the. Um, the Perry Bible Fellowship com- uh, comics by Nicholas Gerwich had just somebody randomly being pointed at and, and just and people chanting weeaboo 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 with some ran- some random <laughs> word and at some point in 4chan history they replaced Wapanese with automatically with weeaboo because it was a funny thing and that apparently is how you get things done on the internet huh yep automated and, find replace okay yeah no, pretty <laughs> much and yeah so Weeb, as it has become shortened. It's okay. Like somebody who is. A I hadn't made that connection, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. I, I hadn't made the connection. Weeb and weeaboo. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty. St- I'm pretty confident that's a, that's a thing. Cool. All right. Yeah, especially when it's to do with just you know, anime dogs. Yeah. The the obsessive anime types. Yeah. And yes, being and, and committing boosters around Japanese culture. To be entirely fair, Japanese pretty good at that already <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's it's not like they really need the help it's like they're, 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 there are bushels of japanese nationalists true <laughs> you can you can put you're probably they maybe they don't need the assistance so much all right so, so there you go yeah. that was our that was our internet education corner now you can go into the wild and understand what the well one more phrase amongst the yeah. morasses also when the alien Heritage Assurance Committee contacts us and gives us our Galactic Municipal Bus Pass, don't be a weeaboo. <laughs> wow, that is kind of a horrible game. I'd want to play it for laughs. Yeah. Laughs and pointless bureaucracy and vaguely disapproving aliens who probably aren't going to kill you. Because that would be gauche. I mean, 
that if, yeah. you, if you did something specific that invoked the disintegration penalty, it happens. It probably happens automatically. Yeah. I don't know. I figure there's, there's like stern letters mm. and yeah, they attempt to place a lien on your planet mm. and this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But mostly they're not... Because it, everything has been going so smoothly for such a long time. They don't have to. Yeah. Everyone knows. And then humanity stumbles out into the um, cold, grey, bureaucratic light. With a howdy, hi, y'all! <laughs> yeah. That's quite fun. I like that one. We really, really, wouldn't really need a punchy name. Weebs in Space is probably taken really <laughs> And it, it would be... It would be a, probably be prescriptive and, and, and yeah, yeah, we Weebs in Space kind of... Uh, yeah, puts you in a very specific mindset. It yeah, needs to be yeah. a bit more general than that. Yeah. Uh, not that p- someone should make weebs in space, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. All right. That was more productive than I expected it to be. Fair enough. I'll, I'll see if I can lower the tone with my silly one, then. Woo! Uh, because my silly one is based almost entirely on the trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Because there is a bit there in the trailer where you've got Jeff Goldblum addressing some sort of committee. Mm-hmm. And giving very dire warnings about dinosaurs, as usual, and Jurassic Park, as or Jurassic slash Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, as usual, mm-hmm. and making the comment of, these creatures were here before us. If we're not careful, they'll be here after us. Which then put me in mind at the time of, well, what if dinosaurs are kind of a, a creature that guarantees its own survival mimetically? They do so by being so incredibly cool to any eight-year-old boy ever. Actually, let's go, any any child ever, and many, many adults, that the dinosaurs exist, they die out, and then a while later, a a species comes along with enough intelligence to think dinosaurs are cool and recreate them. At which point, the Saurian Empire comes back. And so we extend this out across the universe. That there is something about dinosaurs, and admittedly this work this this really works on your kind of your fifties, forties, fifties slash Star Trek pulp universe where all of the aliens are pretty much like humans with the odd knobbly bit. Right. And so all of their evolutionary paths are pretty similar. And yeah, it turns out that the reason for the Fermi paradox is that, yeah, we've done a bunch of research and we've determined that it's the mimetic coolness of dinosaurs so it's a little bit like the great filter thing that at some point a race gets enough technical ability to bring back these monstrous creatures from their own prehistory does so and that's pretty much it for them so nobody gets much beyond that point because they've just brought back the dinosaurs so that's the hey we've solved the Fumi paradox bad news hey they're opening up a new Jurassic world wait a minute yes (laughs) So, yeah, that would mostly be... I'm, I, I'm not actually sure how the information that this is what killed off all the various alien um, uh, alien civilizations would come in. Possibly there are a few beacons around of, hey, guys, if you're listening, don't do what we just did. Oh, God, it's eating my face. And somebody finally decoded it. <laughs> but I just like the idea of a bunch of radio astronomers and scientists desperately trying to shut down... Jurassic Park or the equivalent on the basis of no actually we have proof it really will doom us all right 
Whether or not it will, it's intended to, so maybe we shouldn't mess with yeah. it. Yeah, it might not doom us, but we've got 27 different broadcasts from 27 different alien races, <laughs> all of who, all of which end with being eaten by a velociraptor. Ah, crunch, crunch. Yeah, crunch. it's not looking good. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of a, oh, and one of them was eaten by a brontosaur. Yeah, we didn't even think that was possible. <laughs> that was unexpected. Yeah. yeah we yeah. did not see yeah. that coming. Yeah. Turned out he had a rose in his, but, but in, in his buttonhole, and it got confused. So yes, that was my very silly idea. That the, is very silly. The solution to the Zafermi paradox is dinosaurs. Yes, we're not, we're not going to be doomed by pollution or nuclear I- engineering. It's paleontology that's going to get us. Indeed. Paleontology, mosquitoes trapped in amber... And genetic recombination. Yeah, it can happen. These are what's going to um, go to doom us. That we were discussing earlier with the the, the uh, rampage and the uh, they mentioned CRISPR briefly at the start of the thing. It was like then all all concept of science just whoosh out the window. <laughs> yeah, it was it was impressive. Yeah, I it, it, I liked. I mean, I it was I saw Rampage twice. I'm not sure if it was a seeing if it was a seeing twice movie, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And giant monkey. Giant monkey. Giant wolf. Mm. Yeah. I'm a little puzzled by the logistics of every planet having fossils buried and enough genetic information anticipating life will come along and analyze it, reconstitute them, and then get eaten by them. And how do they get there in the first place? It seems... Oh, I think they... they, they um, You know, it's much like the... You know, much as... You know, humanoid life is, is scattered across the stars by some poorly understood process that means that all aliens basically look like humans wearing a mask. Right. There's other bits of so, of that whole structure there as well, and it does tend to run. And gigantic reptiles, end of gigantic reptiles, something a bit smarter than gigantic reptiles, gigantic reptiles again. Right. As just a continuing process. That's that's just it's, it's a, how it's it works. A, the natural order of things. This is how it, it proceeds. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like the idea of sort of, you know, they're examining the logs and, you know, if we look at it, there's actually two different broadcasts from two different alien species from the same world. So, at least in this place, it happened twice, (laughs) which means they had to have been receiving the broadcasts from the first guys, and they did it anyway. (laughs) Maybe the first years, whoever got the signal did not pass on the people who are busy creating the giant scaly killing machines. Indeed. So yes, that was my very silly idea. No, actually, there's a, there's another thought. Okay, it's a, a subtle tweak to your idea. Okay, giant reptilian life rises. Yep, Mul- multiple varieties and, and and different types. Some of them smart enough to know that this possibly cannot proceed. The planet's environment is changing, but they can live on in the form of tiny feathered versions with. Crazed plans for their reconquest of the planet. <laughs> so, in fact, the urge to recreate dinosaurs is coded into the DNA <laughs> of birds. Tiny, feathered dinosaurs. So, Alfred Hitchcock had it right. Yeah, he much. just had the mechanism wrong. Yeah. Maybe those ones were impatient. Yeah, so it's less picked to death mm. and more canaries subtly whispering plans in the ear- ears of <laughs> biologists. Yes. Late at night. Indeed. Always watching. <laughs> Birds flying in DNA spirals mm. over Watson and Crick to try to get the idea down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, 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 it might be, it's a long game, but yeah, it's the... Um... 
If you're going to run the game, you'd call it the long game, I suspect. You'd have to call it the long game. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, that's... Well, I mean, to be blunt, you've already put more thought into my silly idea than I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, mine was just mostly based on, hey, that's an interesting thought based on something that Jeff Goldblum said. <laughs> and that's more or less where it ended. Well, I've been, I've been following uh, Sue the T-Rex on Twitter for a while, so maybe that's what put it into my mind. Hmm. Vengeful murder birds. I have seen Sue the T-Rex. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, with the Field Museum, Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a photo somewhere of me doing the, it's behind me, isn't it, expression. I think yeah. that's just a requirement when you go there. Right. But it really is a lot of skeleton. It was a lot of dinosaur. Indeed, yeah. It was It was a quite, a, quite a substantial. So, uh, they, being gender neutral, uh, is, is a lot of prehistoric murder chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much prehistoric murder chicken. Though I feel I should point out at, at this point, and it is tenuously related to T-Rexes, mm-hmm. that courtesy of a, a screen at work, which usually shows metrics and that kind of thing, but occasionally gets retuned to sporting events. Some of the football, not the football, the tennis was being shown from right. Wimbledon. Easily, easily confused. They're both, well, they're, uh, they're both, both round ball sports. Yeah, round ball sports. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't, yeah, round ball sports where I really don't understand how the teams get matched against each other. Ah. Um, so, yeah, they're practically identical. <laughs> but in tennis, they have these people who are crouching beside the net to race out and collect the balls when they hit the net or go flying wildly off. And these are very efficient and and very dedicated people, but I couldn't help imagining if they were those same dedicated and efficient people, but wearing inflatable T-Rex suits. So they go (laughs) charging out, flail at the ball with arms that aren't long enough. Possibly take a cropper and roll and pick the ball up. It would have greatly improved the tennis watching experience for me because I genuinely don't care about tennis. Somebody um, enhances, is currently enhancing real estate um, shots with T-Rex costume people in them. Just nice. To, just to zing up the, um, the the photos. Like it? I, I... <laughs> I saw yeah, I saw that just this morning, I'm thinking, yep, that's a winner. I, I saw some real estate pictures at one point that was basically, they were doing the whole, you know, here's this house with a double bed for scale. And so in the bedroom, they've got, a, a double mattress with like sheets and, and a duvet and, every, and a pillow and a duvet and everything. And then in the bathroom, it's standing in the bath. And in the kitchen, it's leaning against the fridge. And it's just in every single shot, they have the same properly made bed <laughs> somewhere in the shot for scale. For scale. <laughs> and there's every indication that, you know, it's not like they photoshopped it in. They just moved it around. It's sort of, I mean, I want to rent this place solely based on the fact that they did that because it's hilarious. Here, which is why I shouldn't be allowed access to advertising because I clearly have zero discernment. <laughs> I think your discernment is pitched in a particular direction that most advertisers aren't going to try for. That so seems accurate. Probably, <laughs> you're probably okay. Not the the global corporate hive mind is unlikely to divert its attention towards me. Yeah, you, you might be. You're was it? You're a um, market segment of one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which market segment is that? Oh, that idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he only makes so much money when not making ads for him. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that were a bunch of ideas. That were a bunch of ideas. Some of them good, 
And then there were some other ones. Yeah. So, when this episode drops, it will be more or less day two of Gen Con? Sure. I think. Yeah, that depends on which side of the planet you're on. And yeah, I'll, I'll double... <laughs> when you're, whether you're in, a, in a Indianapolis. I will, I will actually double check that, but... Um, yeah, so if, if I figured out correctly, it'll be the afternoon of the first day of Gen Con in Gen Con, mm-hmm. um, if you're there. So if you're at Gen Con and you're listening to this, why? Why are you listening to this? <laughs> go to a panel. Yeah, go... Have a game. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that you're just hiding from the noise and the people, uh, which is a valid true, choice. But, but seriously, we'll, we'll keep. Yeah. Save us for the uh, plane trip or... The, the, <laughs> yeah, save us for the home. long, tedious car, car trip home. Or the yeah. longer, more tedious train, you know, plane trip home. I don't think there's very many people who take the train. I might be one of the few. Hmm. And I'm only taking it in one direction this time, so... So, yes. Gen Con. Uh, for other people, if you're taking part in Gen Can't, uh, I, I hope you're having a fun time, or doing whatever it is that one does for Gen Can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, anybody not attending Gen Can't is already a member. So, not, yeah, not attending Gen Con is already a member of Gen Can't. Greetings yeah. from Gen Con. We're going to do a Gen Con recap episode, or... We could do, yeah. If, you, if, you're, if you're feeling it. Yeah, I will be... I mean, we could try doing something from Gen Con, or we could just do something the week afterwards, because I will be back in the UK at that point. We can look at timing and see if we get some live from Gen Con, or not very li- not very live from Gen Con yeah. stuff. Yeah. Not too badly delayed from Gen Con. Yeah. So we have to do some... So if, you, if you do a couple of... We do a couple of calls and piece stitch things together. Well, it depends. We'll check our timing. Yeah, it may may not work out. Mm. Um, time zones being a thing that exist. Mm. And yes, I I have various games lined up. One of them's out on the field of uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, which is always fun. Not Lorenzo's Oil Stadium. That's a different. No, thing. that's that's next door and uh, much more <laughs> medical. <laughs> right. I think that is enough. <laughs> we've we've got in that gag. Yes. Which is playing on at least two movies, so that that's pretty good for us. <laughs> okay. So next time we will have Gen Con Jabberings. We will have Gen Con Jabberings. Um have I'm thinking we'll probably have Gen Con Jabberings and an actual episode because mm-hmm. there's not that much of Gen Con I can really sure. talk about that isn't incredibly boring to people who weren't there. So I should look up what the hell the next... Ep- oh, right, okay. So mm-hmm. so the episode... Yeah, our next episode. Episode 111. Holy crap. It's a substantial age for a hobbit, at least. Mm, yeah. Will be... Comes to us from the brain of John Ryan. And reads, we're wearing fezzes, sunglasses, and it's dark out. Hit it. Alright, so, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. And yeah, this alien, computer science, and dinosaur-filled episode. Indeed. Until next time, have a good day everyone. See ya! Want to hear more of our shenanigans? 
Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.